ML Nation, episode 168. Be 10 years older today. Forget about being sexy. Everybody in their 20s wants to be sexy and cool, and you got to be business. If you want to be successful, you just have to copy what MLM leaders do. Welcome to MLM Nation, presented by your host, Simon Chess. Where you'll learn strategies, secrets, and inspiring stories from today's top MLM income earners. Hey, MLM Nation, here's something cool for you, a great resource, and it's called Ambitious Women Success Club, especially for women out there. I think if you're guys, I think you still have a chance, but it's mostly for women, right? This is really the first club for uh, that provides affordable on-demand coaching for network marketers. Uh, you know, in almost all my interviews, top MLM leaders talk about one thing they have in common is all great mentors and coaches. And I know first person for me, I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for a mentor. So here is the Ambitious Woman Success Club. Um, why it's really cool. It's the only club, and it's a cl- club founded by Amy Applebaum and Esther Spina. Amy is a best-selling author, successful entrepreneur. She's been featured in multiple media publications um, such as New York Times, CNN, ABC, Cosmo, etc. And Esther Spina is a seven-figure earner. She's been on MLM Nation before, seven-figure earner in MLM, and they create this trading program. And the coolest part is it's on-demand coaching. So if you ever have any questions stuck, you can call them, uh, call this number, and they will answer your questions. So how cool is that? And the reason I actually recommend this is, you know, I have my MLM Nation Insider, but because of my time commitments, you know, I'm also a dad with my three boys, there's just no way I can answer every question that comes in, right? And the fact of the matter is, if you're stuck with something, uh, you know, you need help, you need help right away. So that's where Ambitious Women's Success Club, club uh, comes in. You can just call them, someone may help. You basically get $500 per hour coaching for just a fraction of the cost. A really, really cool thing. Uh, so definitely check it out if you're interested, mlmnation.net forward slash club. mlmnation.net forward slash club is the first on-demand coaching program created by Abel Amy Applebaum, a successful business coach, and Esther Spina, a seven-figure earner in MLM. Go check that out, mlnation.net forward slash club. ML Nation, this is Simon Chan, and I am fired up to bring a special guest today who has mentored so many of amazing MLM history and experience the one and only Cliff Braun. Cliff, are you ready to make it happen? Man, I am. Thank you very much for having me. Cliff Braun has earned over $10 million in lifetime commissions and even owned two MLM companies before. He's also mentored and coached many of the top earners that have been featured on MLM Nation. Cliff is currently still actively building and making big money in MLM with his current company. He's also the author of the Amazon bestseller, Social Marketing. No money? No experience, no problem. When I asked Cliff to give me something unique about himself, he simply said, I probably listen to more Jim Rohn than anyone on the planet. So Cliff, I've given ML Nation just a brief intro, but please share more about your background and how you came across network marketing. Uh, Cool, thanks. Well, you know, I got into network marketing in 1996, and I was working at a video arcade center with my buddy Tim Herr, and he was like, man, you got to come check this out, and You know, I kind of put it off for like six months. I didn't really know what it was. It was hard for me to be skeptical because I didn't know what network marketing was. I'd never heard of it. I just wasn't big on anything like sales or commission. And finally, one day he called me up and I was like, dude, I will come see a meeting if you promise to stop calling me. And he said, okay. And so he took me to the meeting and, you know, I was probably the most negative person in the room. And 
by the end of the meeting, I was super jacked, totally pumped, excited, got started, and the rest is history. You know, I was one of the lucky ones to make really good money my first year and my second year, and you know, everything went up from there. So I was just a, a kid in Orange County, surfer, skater, playing video games, you know, divorced parents, struggling financially, probably pretty similar to a lot of people in Southern California. Nothing really special about me, was never super popular, was never super good looking, was never super good at sports. I mean, just your average guy with above average ambition and, you know, maybe the ability to stay focused on the end result. Now, uh, how old were you when you, uh, when Tim, because Tim's a legend himself, when Tim got you to that meeting? Yeah, 19, 19 years old. And you said that um, you were very skeptical, but what happened in that meeting that made it magical for you, to, for you to go and right, jump in right away? You know what it was? It was two things. It was, number one, the guy on stage said something that just absolutely resonated with me. He said, the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. And if you don't have money to open up your own company, then you're always going to be stuck working for some guy that always had the money to own his own company. And, you know, I worked at a gas station. I worked at Blockbuster Video. I worked at Mrs. Fields Cookies. I've washed cars, walked dogs. I mean, I've had every crappy part-time job you can think of. And I just remember always thinking, like, life is so unfair. I almost had, like, a midlife crisis at 19 just thinking, because I don't have money to open a company, I'm always going to be stuck working for somebody else. So like that just resonated with me when they said, you know, you could start your own company for 500 bucks and recruit your own employees and build a sales team and earn 10% off your team. It just made so much sense. So that was the first thing that like philosophically got me. And then the second thing was the numbers. When they said, you tell five and they tell five, you know, five, 25, 125, 625, 3125, 15625, you know, 75,000 people. I remember looking around the room and there was only like, there was maybe about 500 people there. And I, I was so naive. I thought to myself, well, my five friends are going to join and they're going to tell five and they're going to tell five. And my God, I'll have this whole room filled up with all my people in less than a week. <laughs> so I was just, you know, ignorance on fire. And those, the two things that got me was the richer getting richer, the poorer getting poorer. And I use it in every meeting, every training I do because it's so true. You know, now I've been to 50 countries, I've lived on five continents, and it's true all over the world. And that gap is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. The rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. And I see network marketing as the average person's best chance. Or with a little bit of money and a lot of hard work, you can totally turn your life around. And I saw Tim do it. That was a huge motivator for me was, you know, Tim was, you know, kind of a wreck in high school. And I saw him turn his life around 180 degrees and he turned himself into a person that I wanted to be more like. And he was a year younger than me. I mean, I was so impressed with the, the changes that I saw in Tim's personal life. And, you know, that got me going. You know, and this was back in 1996, you said? Yeah, 1996, Irvine, California. That's where we both grew up. You know, one thing's definitely for sure, like uh, it's been 20 years and uh, the rich are definitely getting richer, if not more than back 20 years ago. Yeah, no, for sure. Now, and, you know, it's great for them, but what about the rest of us? I mean, we got to come up with a plan B. Yeah, I think that's part of the attitude. Like some people just complain about it and, you know, that's something you cannot – I mean, the rich are going to get richer. just just the way the, the capitalism is. If you look at the 
It's just it's been like that in every country. It doesn't matter if it's the U.S., Australia, the capitalist countries, China. The rich are getting richer. Um, so instead of complaining, you just might as well join the rich, right? Do what the rich do. Well, absolutely. You know, I think too many people are worried about who's the next president going to be, or is it going to be the Republicans, or is it going to be the Democrats, or you know, Jim Rohn said it's it's not the the blowing of the wind; it's the set of the sail because. You know, it's funny. Some people are like, oh, it's too late. Or, you know, people have all these excuses. And no matter what company you're in, there's somebody who's going to join in three months from now. They're not going to get a deal. They're not going to get a power league. They're going to get into it three months from now. They haven't even heard about it yet. And they're going to kick butt. They're going to build two legs and they're going to make a fortune. And what you got to understand is right now you're three months ahead of that guy. Even if you've only got four guys on your team, people get so down on themselves. They're like, man, I've been doing it for six months and I've only got four people. Dude, you're four people ahead of the guy that hasn't even heard about it and won't even hear about it for three more months that's going to get in and make a million dollars. So you've got the experience. I mean, you're already ahead of that guy. So like, you know, I just, I'm annoyingly optimistic. I mean, I look at everything with a positive attitude. That's a really good point. You're already ahead of that guy. Uh, Why do you think people have that negative attitude? Where Where does that come from? I mean, obviously, they're not listening to Jim Rohn, like the way, and we're going to talk about that later. Uh, they're not listening to Jim Rohn like you have been. But why do they get negative like that? They always feel like they're not successful yet or they didn't get in early yet or you know, they're not the leader yet. Why do they, where does these negative self-talk come from? Well, I mean, scientifically, you know, Les Brown says 87% of your self-talk is negative. People get up in the morning and they say, I'm too fat, I'm too short, I'm too tall, I'm too thin, I'm too light, I'm too dark, I'm not funny enough. And so that's part of it. And I think the other part of it, it's just conditioning that we grew up around financially average people that have a lot of average habits you know the guy goes to work from nine to five he gets home and he wants to drink a beer sit down and let cable tv wash over him and it's not that they're bad people i can remember my mentor asking me why i hung out with this certain group of people and i said hey they're not bad guys and you know i'd even go as far as to say they're good guys and he said cliff there's a lot of good guys that are going nowhere in life And so I think you have to make the distinction between, you know, you can be a good person, you can be a good son or daughter or brother or a member of the community or the church, and it doesn't mean you're going to get ahead in life. And so I think the problem is that most of us grew up with parents that were financially average. We went to church with people that were financially average. We played sports with people that were financially average because 95 to 97% of the world is financially average, and that's okay. But the problem is they've got average habits. You know, they come home, they want to take a break. And, you know, I was just very lucky that I met some super motivated people, not just Tim, but some, a lot of other mentors early in my life that really taught me the power of work ethic, that you got to go out there and, you know, you don't work eight hours a day, you work 15 hours a day. If you want to set yourself apart from the pack, you got to work 15 hours a day. And so I, I think the problem is two things. One... People just doubt themselves. And two, they've just hung around with people that have already kind of given up on life. Definitely. Uh, let's go back to when you first started. Uh, you started 19, and you had mentioned before you made pretty good money uh, your first couple months, first year. What was uh, pretty good money? Well, my first month I made two grand. So I quit my job, went full time. I was so excited. And then the next month I made 500 bucks, and I was super depressed. And it's funny, I made a list of 168 people, and I called every one of them. 164 said no, four said yes, and they quit a month later, but I had already gone full-time. And so 
I was like, well, crap, now what do I do? You know, I burnt through my whole warm market. I made every mistake you could make. You know, I, I basically presented the opportunity to my friends instead of bringing them to an expert. And so I went cold market. And I basically built the majority of my team through strangers just going to college campuses, making friends. And, you know, by my sixth month, I was at five grand a week. So I went from $5 an hour when I first joined to $5,000 a week by my sixth month. Uh, by 21, I made my first million and, you know, it just kind of went up from there. That is incredible. You said by the six months you were earning 5,000 a week. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Um, you had talked about one of the things that made you successful is laser focus. You're very focused. Yeah. Uh, what are some of the habits you have that, and, and what are some of your routines or habits or what do you, how do you define focus? Well, I think. A lot of people get distracted. You know, you got radio voices and TV voices and family voices and, you know, everybody wants to be in the 3%, but maybe the hardest part about getting into the 3% is walking away from the 97%. And Jim Rohn talks about it in his audio programs. And I think for me, it was, I almost want to say it was easier for me because my life was so difficult. I, I think it was more tempting for other people that had money or good looks or popularity that you know, on Friday night, it would be tempting to not go out and enjoy that. Whereas for me, I wasn't super popular. I mean, my friends would go to the movies, not tell me and turn their phones off, you know, so it was like, it wasn't difficult for me to walk away from my life and get totally focused, because I wasn't comfortable. And I think that's the biggest problem uh, with motivation for most people is that, you know, they're comfortably miserable. And all of their friends are comfortably miserable. And misery loves company and they don't want to walk away from that. I felt like I was kind of, you know, it was interesting. Like when all of my friends said no, I didn't hate them. I didn't think they were stupid. I just realized that a lot of people that I thought were my friends thought I was their acquaintance. And I realized that, you know, if I'm going to do this, it's up to me. And I think that was one of my biggest aha moments was just realizing that like nobody's going to help you. Nobody's going to take care of you. And don't let that make you cold and bitter. You know, don't get bitter, get better. And so I, I think I've done a really good job at getting tough without getting callous. Mm, I like that. I was like, don't get bitter, get better. Um, why do you think you had success while most people, and you may have like uh, said this already, but I want to touch you, you touch a little bit. You had success right away, but most people don't. Most distributors don't. Yeah. And especially you build co-market, right? So how, how do you even go about that? Like, like what's the self-talk? You sign up people, they quit. You ran through 164 people, 160-something people, and then you go to co-market. What gave you the confidence to do that? And because obviously these co-market don't know your past, right? So yeah. what gave you the confidence to do that? You know, I think I was lucky that when I grew up, I was popular enough to have confidence, but not so popular to where I was too cool to do this. You know, I, I was okay. It's, I was never the popular guy. I was never the good looking guy. I was never super good at sports, but I was always okay. I was never like the last guy picked on the team. You know, I was always okay. I had just enough confidence to try. And, uh, you know, I just went out there and, and, and I went for it. I just, I think it's all a decision. It's just deciding that I'm going to do this no matter what. And, you know, I saw people on stage making 20 grand a month, 30 grand a month, 40 grand a month. And it wasn't just the money because, you know, I went to a really, I went to Irvine High School 
and a lot of my friends' parents had money. It was the lifestyle. It was seeing people live their life on their terms and making a lot of money by helping people reach their highest potential. And I don't think there's any greater honor in the world than helping people reach their full potential and getting paid and recognized to do it. And so I just thought like at 19, you know, a lot of people, they're like, I want to be a doctor or I want to be an accountant or I want to be a, I had no idea what I wanted to be. I mean, absolutely no idea. I was scared to death. And when I saw network marketing, I was just like, dude, I could actually see myself doing this for the rest of my life. And then when I heard Jim Rohn, that's what just totally sold me because he was sophisticated, powerful, influential, well-versed. And I felt like he could teach me how to go out there and dominate the marketplace. And it was listening to Jim Rohn is what made me decide this isn't just a way to make a lot of money. This could be a lifestyle and I could be a well-rounded human being and not just some sales and marketing zombie. I know guys that make a lot of money in sales and marketing and I wouldn't want to have a drink with them because all they know and all they do is sales and marketing. But when I heard Jim Rohn, I was like, dude, I could be a well-rounded person, make a lot of money, be a great member of the community. And so I just got in and I decided I was going to go full force. And I think to answer your question, probably the biggest contributing factor to my success was great coaches, you know, from Tim. And it's interesting, you know, I started out under Tim and then Tim joined my company. I mean, we've mentored, worked with and helped each other, you know, steel sharpens steel. But I think just being around the right people, whether it was my peers or whether it was a mentor or a coach, I just surrounded myself with the right people. And I didn't cut people out of my life that said no. I just spent less time with them. You know, Jim Rohn talks about the three types of association. There's people that are toxic. You know, Les Brown says toxic relationships. You know, people that are doing drugs or they're violent or, you know, gang members. Like, there's certain people you got to cut out of your life. And then there's certain people that they're okay, but you can't hang out with them every day. They like to drink and party, and you could hang out with them once a month, but you couldn't hang out with them seven nights a week. And then there's the people that want the best for you. They see the best in you, and they bring out the best in you. And that's people that you want to expand your association with. So I guess association, that was huge for me at 19 years old. Getting around people, you know, Jerry Bala, one of my original mentors, taught me, he said, my definition of a friend is somebody that wants success for me as bad as I do. And I think I found some really good friends early in my career, and that made all the difference. Let's talk about Jim Rohn, since you said you listened to Jim Rohn more than anyone else on the planet. How old were you when you first got exposed to Jim Rohn, and what is your favorite audio program or book um, from Jim Rohn? And what did you get out of it? Uh, uh, well, 1996, 19 years old, and the first thing I heard uh, was Challenge to Succeed, and man, I was just blown away. You know, Jim Rohn was like, it is a challenge to succeed. If it were not, I'm sure more people would be successful. And so Jim Rohn, Challenge to Succeed, and then Jim Rohn, The Power of Ambition, and then Jim Rohn, Cultivating an Unshakable Character, and then the the art of exceptional living, and then the seasons of life, and then how to set goals, and then how to have your best year ever. I mean, I've heard it all. I've met him. I've talked to him on the phone. I've had dinner with him. I remember the first time I talked to him on the phone, I was imitating his very unique you know, voice, and he was laughing. He just thought it was the funniest thing. He's like, do I talk like that? I'm like, you do. You do. It was a, oh. 
And so, yeah, Jim Rohn, man, he was the first person that I really listened to. He's kind of like the foundation for all the rest of the personal development that I got into. And, you know, Jim Rohn talks about philosophy and Les Brown talks about motivation and Bob Proctor talks about the law of attraction and Zig Ziglar will give you a lot of techniques. And I mean, I I could just keep going through from Stephen Covey to William Bailey, how most people know DJs. That's how I know personal development. (laughs) And it's funny because there's a bunch of guys now and I, I hate to like say anything negative about anybody, but it's a shame when I see people talking about personal development, but not living it and not really listening to it, just preaching it. And you can tell right away they're not walking the walk. And, you know, somebody said to me once, like, oh, yeah, that motivation is great. You know, I did that. Or it's like, that's like a shower. I mean, you got to take a shower every day. You got to do it every day. You got to live it. You got to, like, jump in and immerse yourself. And I just dove into personal development hardcore. I listened to Jim Rohn two to three hours a day, every day for my first two years before I even started listening to anybody else. I can remember actually listening to Jim Rohn in my crappy little apartment, just me and my brother, $500 a month apartment in San Gabriel. And we would pause Jim Rohn, write it out, pause it, write it out, listen, pause, write, listen, pause, write. And I've got 16 journals filled with every word he's ever said. Uh, And man, yeah, I got Jim Rohn down pat. Is there a specific Jim Rohn? Uh, you, you did a talk mentioned uh, about the wind and the sail. Is there a specific uh, uh, phrase or quote from Jim Rohn that had a special impact on you? Like, for example, uh, for me, when I lived, listened to Art of Exceptional Living, like, uh, basically every single day for like a year from 2004 to 2005. And it got to the point that you kind of know, like, the stock music playing. It's, it's kind of. It's like burned into your brain, right? And at that time, I remember he said, uh, don't wish for less problems, wish for more wisdom. And that was something that totally helped me out. At that time, my wife and I, we, were, we, have, we weren't married yet, but we had a long-distance relationship. And I found myself always complaining, gosh, if she, you know, she was at Berkeley, I was in L.A., she was studying at Berkeley, I wish it was closer, then it would be easier. And just found myself complaining and then start blaming her and stuff, blaming situation in life until Jim Rohn really totally changed my attitude. And really, if it wasn't for that, you know, who knows, we probably were broken up. We, we, we wouldn't be happily married today with three boys. Wow. So is there a story that from a Jim Rohn moment that had a huge impact for you, a specific one? All of them, but I think like <clears throat> the main quote from Jim Rohn to kind of like summarize his philosophy or just the essence of Jim Rohn is success isn't something you chase, it's something you attract by the person you become. If you want more, you just have to become more. I think that's the biggest takeaway for me about Jim Rohn because I just believe so many guys out there nowadays are teaching scripts and techniques. And to me, scripts and techniques are kind of useless if you don't have the authenticity behind it. You know, Jim Rohn talks about how words are like a needle. And you could throw a needle at somebody and it doesn't do anything. But if you take that needle and you weld it to an iron bar and then you poke somebody, it's that emotion and the authenticity behind the words that give it the power. And so what I like about Jim Rohn is he's so good at delivering a message. What it takes most people to say in a page, he could say in a paragraph And it's like, I don't hear the ego in his voice that I hear from a lot of other people. You know, I I almost feel like sometimes for some people, it's it's more about them on stage than it is about the message. And when you get in the way of the message and it's not about the audience anymore, 
then what are you really doing? And so what I like about Jim Rohn is just his uh, humbleness, his authenticity, his accuracy. I mean, he's just, to me, he's the best. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think the beautiful part of Jim Rohn is, like you said, it's really the message where he makes it very concise. So it could be like, you know, don't make the million for the million, but for the person you become, right? And that's like, how many words is that? Ten words or something like that? And But it's so, so deep. It really makes you think. He can talk on and on about it, but he just gives you one sentence. Like you said, the yeah. message is so strong. One sentence, very concise, simple, but makes you think. And you can think about a whole year just about that. And it's about the person. Like you, I agree with you. It's not about the scripts. It's about the authenticity, the person behind the words, the confidence, the mindset, the attitude. That ultimately, you know, that draws and attracts people, attracts people to you in this business. Totally. I, I've got a friend who's a, a famous photographer here in Los Angeles. And, you know, he says people boast confidence when they lack clarity. And, you know, I thought about that for a while. And it's like, God, that's so true. And, you know, Jim Rohn says it a different way. He says your confidence should be 90% on the inside and 10% on the outside. And in my book, Social Marketing, I, I, I call it blue energy. You know, it's like if you said to me, you know, <clears throat> I'm going to kill you or I'm going to kick your ass or whatever. And I said, maybe. That kind of calm, confident, blue energy where I'm not boasting confidence. I'm not jumping up and down before I get on stage to do a presentation. You know, there's a certain calm energy that's really impressive. And it comes with experience when you know you know what you're doing. You know, one guy might be quicker on the draw with a gun, but the other guy's a little slower but he doesn't get nervous and he pulls the gun out and he aims and he fires and he never misses. And I think that's what I like about Jim Rohn is that blue energy, that calm confidence uh, and just absolute clarity. <clears throat> and I think when you have that kind of focus and that kind of clarity, it's like a lot of salespeople think the more they talk, the more they're convincing. And it's actually the exact opposite. You know, some people talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and nobody listens. And other people you know, you ask them a question and they think for a second, but they use so few words. They don't waste any words. And so everything they say has depth and meaning. And I always wanted to be like that. Ever since I heard Jim Rohn, I just said to myself, I'm not going to be one of those salespeople that talks and talks and talks and talks. I'm going to say something and I'm going to get right to the heart of the matter right away. That is such wisdom. I think that's uh, ML Nation. You just heard wisdom from a 20-year veteran there. Um, I think it's just it's about life, right? Like you see when you're younger, you, we, we get excited, it's a lot of driven by emotion. But as we get older through wisdom and like through personal development, like you said, it's more about calm, the, with the blue energy you talk about, being calm under pressure. And I love the analogy you talked about. That you know, the person may be slow to draw the gun, but this calmness is it's like the, it's all attitude. It's, it's the, all about the mindset. But he's going to come out much more on target is going to hit the, hit the person. I, I suppose the other one draws it out quicker through emotions, excitement. We may pull out the gun, but it's going to miss. Totally. And, you know, I mean, there's, there's two sides to everything. I, I know some guys that are so experienced, but they're jaded and they've lost the enthusiasm. And, you know, I, I wouldn't want them on my team. It's like you got to have a little boy inside of you that can genuinely be excited. I mean, I've been doing network marketing for 20 years and, you know, when I go do a home meeting for 20 or 30 people, I'm just as excited about doing that home meeting as I was in 1996. And you've got to be able to hold on to that 
inner child, but then at the same time, you've got to be this expert with wisdom that doesn't get rattled. You know, somebody says to me, oh, it's a pyramid. I go, it's more like a triangle, but are we going to sit here and talk about geometry all day or are we going to get serious about your future? I mean, I know when to get serious with people and I know when to be a little kid and have fun so people can feel my energy because if people can't feel you, they're not going to follow you. I think that's what I like about you. Even all those 20 years, you can maintain that uh, kind of the innocence and excitement. So how do you, what do you do to keep yourself from being bored? Because I know a lot of leaders, they, they, you know, they were successful back 15, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, whatever, and then they get bored and they stop building, but they're still sharing like old stories. Um, and, and then they, they don't really do what it takes. They kind of forgot what it's like to be a new distributor. How do you keep that fresh and, and keep that hunger and excitement going? Well, you know, it's a shame when that happens. And I think I've gotten really good in my recent years at not judging people. You know, it's like I feel bad for them more than I look down on them. I mean, we all have our, our pitfalls. I think for me, the way that, that I've been able to stay fresh is to stay around new young leaders in the industry. As soon as you think you know it all and you're the best and nobody's ever going to break my records and look at what I've done and you know you sit around and hang out in your room full of trophies, then you're screwed. I mean, if you're not ripening, then you're rotting. And I think for me, it's you know swallowing your pride and your ego and hanging out with these younger leaders and sitting in the audience and taking notes. You know, you don't have to be the keynote speaker every time. And you know, I've learned a lot from, you know, people that I've mentored, I've learned a lot from them. And I, I see them now mentoring guys that are coming up in the industry and they're kicking butt. And I think you, you've got to be around these young guys that are coming up and kicking butt and you've got to give them their due props. I mean, it can't be all about you. It's almost like an artist that is out of their prime, but they keep trying to be the man. Well, you can't. Now you've got to mentor the next generation to come in and that's how you stay in is by passing the baton, hanging out with them, helping them as much as you can, and then your story stays alive in their story, and you guys really help each other. And, you know, I don't know. I've just I've always had that little kid inside of me that I can't wait to get up in the morning, and I don't want to go to bed at night, and that's never died. And I have to thank my, my mom and God and my parents, and, you know, I, I, I don't know. Hard to put a finger on that one. Let's, let's, let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, I know success is up and down. It's the entrepreneur roller coaster. So, a, a man of your experience, what is the worst, ultimate worst, worst moment for you in network marketing, and the lesson you got out of it because you persisted and kept going on? Hard to pick just one, and then at the same time, like I almost wouldn't want to give one experience that much energy or power over me. Um, you know, my first network marketing company fell apart. And I went from making five grand a month to nothing. My girlfriend cheated on me with my top producer. My dog ran away. I got evicted from my apartment. My car blew up. And I had five of my reps living with me, and they stole all my clothes. So I had no clothes, no place to live, no car. Girlfriend cheated on me with my top producer. Company fell apart, ruined my credit, and I was sleeping on the floor at a friend's house. That was a pretty low point. Um, I can remember having a falling out with my mentor. That would be the next one. I can remember fighting with the government when I opened up my own company. And I don't want to get into all the details, but yeah, fighting with your mentor, losing your mentor. Uh, God, that was really hard for me. 
that first company having problems and then, you know, challenges with the government. And again, this is all over 20 years. Uh, but, you know, it's like Jim Rohn says, it's not what happens to you. It's what you do about it. You know, you look at Brad Pitt. You look at Leonardo DiCaprio. You look at anyone that's really successful. Everybody has a story about how something they were a victim or this happened to them or that happened to them. You know, I could tell you about a time when the owner of a company took an entire leg and moved it under one of his buddies, cutting my check in half. I mean, I could tell you so many stories of these things that happened to me, but I was really lucky. A friend of mine named Matt Morrow enrolled me into a transformational training course in Las Vegas called Choice Center. It was a $3,000 course. And they said, there's no victims, there's only volunteers. Whatever bad happened to you is your fault because you made choices that led up to that experience. You see, had I had a closer relationship with that team that got moved out from my tree, they never would have left. Even if the owner said, no, come on, you got to leave, come over here, they would have said, no, Cliff's my boy. And so the lesson I learned from that was, you know, you got to stay tight with your team. It's not just about the money. You can't think, oh, my team is making money now that they've got it. You got to stay tight with your team. It's like they say, the family that prays together stays together. This is a relationship business. And if you want to build a million dollar check, you got to build million dollar relationships. And so I think the biggest thing I learned from all three of those experiences was we can make better choices. Your life comes down to the choices you make, and we can all make better choices. Absolutely. And uh, MLM Nation listeners, uh, for those wondering, like, if MLM is so good, why is all these things happening? Comes to go out of business, people steal. You know, this is life. You know, it happens in any industry. Right. Um, well, I mean, what would you say to those people, Cliff? I mean, they go to MLM, they think this is the perfect, much better than the job. And you hear stories like, "Wow, some the company owner of a company steals an entire leg. Wouldn't it be better just to stay at the job and not worry about the stuff? And who can I trust? If they have these doubts, what would you say to them? Dude, that's a great point, and I'm glad you brought that up. You know, a really good friend of mine in the industry was making like thirty, forty grand a month, and he was about to move on and go do something else. And he had kind of like lost his passion for network marketing, saw some things he wasn't happy with, and he was going to move on and go do something else. And I said, look, man, you know, anywhere you can make a lot of money fast is going to attract some bad people, whether it's a Hollywood movie producer, the stock market, real estate, in any industry where you can make a lot of money fast, there's going to be sharks. Now, if you're scared of the sharks, don't get in the water. Because in any industry where you can make a lot of money, there's going to be sharks. Now, also, in this industry, we have the most amazing people that are all about you know, being a, a servant-driven leader. I mean, there's, just, there's too many good things to talk about in this industry, from finding a mentor to finding a friend to being able to help other people. I mean, this industry has totally changed my life and so many people. I mean, it's like, what other industry in the world... Can you get started with no experience, no degree, your past doesn't matter, what color you are doesn't matter, what your last name doesn't matter, and you have an equal opportunity to succeed in life. Now, is it going to be hard sometimes? Of course. Is it going to be difficult? You bet. I mean, but it's just the most beautiful, I think it's the most fair industry in the world where everybody has an equal chance, and it doesn't matter where in the world you are or what your past is. I mean, none of that matters. So yeah, you know what? You're going to have some bad experiences no matter what you do. You know, if you want to have no bad experiences, just go into your room, 
lock yourself in the closet, put a blanket over your head and sit there until you die. I mean, that's part of life. You know, Bill Gould, one of my, one of my mentors, uh, talks about how, you know, problems are a part of life. Imagine if there was no problems. Imagine two basketball teams and <clears throat> we take away one team. So there's just one team and you dribble down the court and you put the basket, you put the ball in the basket. I mean, that'd be so boring. It's the challenges that make life fun. And so everybody wants no problems. If you had no problems, you'd be bored to death. Their last thing I'll say on this is I saw an episode of The Twilight Zone where a guy, they took away all of his problems. And he was a gambler. And he kept going to the casino and he kept winning and winning and winning. And every girl he talked to you know, was in love with him. And every time he gambled, he won. And eventually he went insane. Because without problems and challenges, life's boring. It's, that's what makes life, life. The only people that don't have problems are dead people. I like, that you, uh, I like that. You brought up a really good analogy about basketball since uh, I play hoops. It's like, yeah, I mean, like when you're at the park, you know, if you had the court order to yourself and no one to play with, yeah, you can, no one's stopping you from hit, you know, hitting layups or dunking the ball, hitting shots. It's no fun, right? So you want that resistance. You want that challenge. Very good. Now, um, switching gears, and just a couple more questions, Cliff, because this has been so interesting and fascinating. Uh, can you talk about your transition, how you, you became an ML owner as well? You owned your MLM, two, actually not just one, two MLM companies, the yeah. motivation behind that, and then what happened there, and then also your motivation drive to go back and being in the field and being a top earner again. Well, you know what I learned is you could be the best surfer in the world. It doesn't mean that you're going to be the next owner of Quicksilver. <laughs> Just <laughs> you're a great network marketer doesn't mean you're going to be a great owner. And it was a lot more difficult than I thought. Uh, I lost a ton of money. I lost some of a friend's money. Still a great experience. I mean, you don't lose, you learn. And so, you know, I, I, was, I was in network marketing, making big money, and me and all my top leaders decided to leave and open up our own deal. And it took off like crazy. Our first meeting was 2,700 people. I mean, we had events uh, right prior to that, 10,000 people, 8,000 people, 5,000 people, you know, all our team. Uh, and you know what I learned from that experience was it takes a lot more money than you think. And I think also a lot of people are kind of like you're a top earner in a company. And so you're like, I got this but you don't understand how many people are helping you that you don't see. And you could be a member of a team that's a championship team, but it doesn't mean that you can own the company. And so, you know, I would tell people, unless you're really passionate about opening your own company and you've got a miracle product and a ton of money backing you, you don't need one Michael Jordan to make it work. You need 10 Michael Jordans to make it work. I mean, I had Duke and Tim, and I mean, I could just keep naming names, and we still struggled with it. So great learning experience. Uh, we took off like crazy, but man, it's a fortune. I mean, just to get the comp plan approved at Mike Sheffield, that was $10,000. Jeffrey Babner is my attorney. That was a fortune. I mean, I, ha I had the best of the best. Ed Jaron for the software. I mean, we really set it up right, and we still struggled, so... Uh, but I don't want to discourage anybody either. I mean, look, you know, if Mark Hughes hadn't borrowed $40,000 from Larry Huff to start Herbalife way back when, when he was sleeping on Larry's couch, we wouldn't have Herbalife today. So I never want to poo-poo on startups. I just uh, try to inspire them, give them some coaching, share my experiences, and 
you know, I wish everybody the best. How have you seen the profession change in the past 20 years? Uh, do you see people more open to network marketing than when you first started back in 96? hundred percent. Absolutely. I mean, from Donald Trump to Robert Kiyosaki to Richard Branson, the President Clinton, I mean, to Warren Buffett, you know, with Pampered Chef, so many really high profile people are out there being ambassadors for the industry uh, that, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Donald Trump on that, what was the TV show on The, the Apprentice? I think it was. I mean, it's like MLM has got so much positive press over the past 20 years. I remember in 1996 reading a book, I think it was Wave 3, and they said that network marketing was going to be like the primary way, way of distribution for products and that it was going to grow like 20 times bigger and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, I doubt it. Uh, you know, I kind of hoped it would happen, but I didn't really believe it. And then you look at how there's, I think, 400,000 people a week joining network marketing. It's a $175 billion a year industry. I mean, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, video games is like $65 billion, movies like 50, music like 40. I mean, it's basically bigger than the entire movie business, video games and music. I mean, $175 billion a year. So, yeah, huge change. A lot more credibility. Eric Worre has done a lot for the industry with GoPro. So I think the industry has way more credibility than it's ever had before. And then somebody asked me recently, they said, do you think social media has made it easier or harder to build a team today? And I think it's made it easier to build a team, without a doubt, you know, 100%. It's also made it harder to keep the team. Because what happens is, you know, you sign somebody up. I'll give you an example. I was in Italy just a few weeks ago, maybe two months ago now, and I was staying at the Daniela, which is like 800 euros a night, you know, killer hotel. And I met a girl outside, talked to her a little bit, exchanged business cards. I get home, you know, back to Los Angeles, and I go to YouTube, copy a link, send it to her on Facebook. She, you know, she watches it, and then we get on a Skype. And so you look at so many people say, oh, network marketing is so difficult. Well, that's because they tried it 15 years ago before all this new technology that's made communication so much easier and faster to where now we're building teams in other countries where before we could only do it kind of in our local area. So I think technology has played a huge role in the transformation of network marketing into what I now call social marketing uh, because it's just so much more social than it was before. You know, we're the most socially connected generation ever. Uh, and so through Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, I mean, it's definitely easier to build a team now because of all this technology. It's just harder to keep it together because you, and I'm sure you're, you're familiar with this, you recognize somebody on Facebook, man, you know, John Smith is killing it in Alabama. And then all of a sudden you got 10 dudes from other companies messaging John Smith Hey, buddy, love your work. Let's connect. So it's easier to build, harder to keep it together. But it also makes you a better leader because when you know there's 20 wolves on Facebook attacking your people, you make sure that you're such a good leader and you do so much for your team that they never want to leave you. Can you talk a little bit about your book, Social Marketing, and uh, what's it about? And so our readers can, uh, so our listeners can go check it out. Yeah, you know, I always wanted to make a lot of money, wear jeans and a t-shirt, drive a Porsche, not have a boss, and live on my terms. Uh, but I never wanted to become that cheesy salesperson that nobody would invite to dinner 
because all they do is talk about their opportunity. And so I think what that book is really about is, you know, it's my rags to riches story of how I made big money in network marketing, but I never became a brainless sales zombie like so many people that give our industry a bad name and they're so desperate and pushy. You know, I was able to keep my sense of humor. I was able to keep my personality. I was able to keep a lot of my friends and I was able to, to make big money in network marketing because I'm not going to sit around. Most people, you know, they make a list of five people and then they bug the heck out of those people and that's what gives the industry a bad name. I, for me, I'd rather talk to 100 people and find three people that want to do it because it's way more fun to dance with somebody that wants to dance with you. And I'm just so anti-closing. I don't even like the word. I mean, I truly believe a person convinced against their will is of the same opinion still. Just because you have a stronger personality than somebody else doesn't give you the right to push them into a business that they don't want to do. And if they don't want to do it, they're not going to do well at it anyway. So I'm just not into closing at all. And I think the book is all about I want to sell products and I want to sell an opportunity that people are so excited about that I feel proud about making that sale. You know, when people walk out of an uh, Apple store and they just bought the new iPhone 6S, they're so excited about their purchase. I think sales and marketing should be like that. It doesn't have to be negative. It doesn't have to be high pressure. And so what the book is really all about is how I went from broke to rich you know, I landed in Colombia, didn't know a single person. Now I've got like 3,000 distributors there. I landed in South Africa, didn't know a single person, uh, 3,500 distributors there. You know, I did it in Taiwan. I mean, you could drop me out of an airplane, broken, naked, anywhere in the world, and I'll have a team up and running in six months. Uh, first thing I would do is steal some clothes. Second thing I would do is get a job, save some money, join a network marketing company. And I just have the philosophy that it's not over until I win. And I walk you through how to start a team from scratch anywhere in the world based on your personality because it's going to be a little different for everybody. But, I mean, that's kind of the cliff notes on my book. As we wrap up the show, Cliff, some um, quick questions to prick your brain, and these could be like one-word, two-word answers, got really quick ones. What is one of your favorite success quotes that motivates you? It would definitely be from Jim Rohn, and I think I would go back to what I said earlier that you know, success isn't something you chase. It's something you attract by the person you become. I'm just really big on like, don't memorize answers, understand the formula. I mean, be the ball. What is one habit that's helped you become successful? Getting up early and going to bed late and staying out of your house because there's nobody to recruit in your house. Definitely. We're definitely early birds. We're talking about that yesterday. You're up at 4 a.m. chatting with your teams. Um, what is the best piece of advice you ever received? When I was 20, I asked my mentor, how do I become a millionaire? And he said, be 30 today. Be 10 years older today. Forget about being sexy. Everybody in their 20s wants to be sexy and cool, and you got to be business. Whoa, that was an awesome one. That's a good one. Be 10 years older. I wish I got that advice at 20 years old. Really good. Uh, what's your favorite prospecting tool you use? So say, Cliff, someone's interested in your company. Do you send them a link to an online video? Do you sit down with them at Starbucks and use a newsletter, a magazine, or do you do a Skype? What do you like to use? I'm big on what's duplicatable. And so a link to your company video, I think, is the best option because then you can never be like, oh, I don't have my pamphlet or I don't have the products or I don't have this or you know, forget about all your excuses. 
a link to a video that's the fastest and the most duplicatable. Do you have a favorite online resource like a Dropbox or Evernote or a favorite app on your phone that you could recommend to our listeners? I mean, honestly, for me right now, it's YouTube. Matt Morrow and myself are starting an online training website in the forum called GRS, which is Get Real Social. And that's going to be huge. I mean, we launched it and it took off like crazy. But right now, I would say your best tool is YouTube. Everything you want is on YouTube and it's free and it's easy. What's one book you could recommend to ML Nation? Well, my advice is to read them all. Uh, Start with Social Marketing by Cliff Braun. I know him. He's a great guy. And, uh, you know, after that, of course, GoPro, uh, Your First Year in Network Marketing by Mark Yarnell. And to be honest, there's so many good books. Truly, the, the, the only answer is read them all. And ML Nation, I know you love audio. So if you haven't read it, you can get amazing free audiobook at MLMNationBook.com. That is MLMNationBook.com. So Cliff, here's the last question, the million-dollar question. Are you ready? I'm ready. Before we go to the million-dollar question, I know you know the importance of recruiting and sponsoring uh, because you're not going to never make any income. You can bring people in, right? So sponsoring is so important. So if you have trouble with sponsoring, I definitely want to invite you to a free training that I do. Now, it is intense. It is a little long, about two hours, but we'll teach you how to invite through the three different type of prospects. More importantly, avoid the five deadly prospecting mistakes. This is my free sponsoring workshop webinar. It's free. Go to sponsoringworkshop.com. Make sure you get a pen and paper, take notes. Um, this is basically training. I teach you how to invite people like top leaders, from top leaders to people who are your close friends and families, type of different approaches, and how to avoid the mistakes. Also teach you how to, uh, maybe you've heard about posture, the importance of posture, give you a couple of tips on that, and also how to close. You get my six-figure close that I used to get one of my diamond directors, six-figure earners into the business, different closes. So um, definitely go check it out, sponsoringworkshop.com. You register it. I offer a couple of times a day. Again, go to register for the webinar at sponsoringworkshop.com. All right? Go register for it. If you need, if you need help sponsoring, definitely check it out. And But let's go back to the show now. Here's the million-dollar question. You were leading up to it already before. You said you could, if we dropped you off anywhere in the world, and imagine you had to start all over again, okay? And you knew no one, kind of like Colombia, kind of when you went to South Africa. You knew no one, Taiwan, zero. But you had all your current knowledge, skills, and wisdom. What is the first thing you would do to find prospects or the first place you go to find prospects and build an ML business from scratch? Well, here's the thing. It depends on your personality, I think life has given us all a deck of cards and you got to play your hand. You got to look at what you got. For me, you know, I've got personality. And so when I got to South Africa, I know people are busy. And so I went to the gym every morning. I went to coffee shops in the morning. You know, I went to coffee shops in the morning. I went to gyms in the afternoon. And at night, I would go to like a restaurant or a bar. You want to go to places where people kind of relax and they're a little bit more sociable because typically people are busy. And when you try to talk to someone who's busy, you're going to look weird and desperate. And so for me, with my personality, I just stayed out of the house. I had breakfast, lunch, and dinner out. You know, every time a waiter would serve me or help me, you know, when they were done, I would say, man, you are so amazing. Here's my business card. I would love to have you on my team. And they would always look at me and be like, on your team, what do you do? I say, look, man, I don't want to get you in trouble while you're at work, but there's my card. Add me on Facebook and let's chat later. And my goal was, you know, to kind of touch someone's heart before you ask for their hand, leave a good impression with a person. 
and you know start to build a little micro relationship. Now, if you don't have that kind of personality like me, maybe you want to place an ad and wear a suit and tie and have people come to your office. So it really depends a lot on your personality. You know, you can't fit a round peg into a square hole. So you got to talk to people and find out what their personality is like and then you got to kind of make a plan that fits their personality. And for me, I'm sociable, so I just stayed outside the house, gyms. I mean, my entire team came from the manager of a restaurant at a sushi place. And he walks up to me and he's like, what do you do? I said, oh, I'm in network marketing. And he said, oh, that's a bunch of crap. And he walked away and I was like, wow, what a jerk. He came back five minutes later, apologized and said, man, I'm sorry. That was really rude of me. But you know what? Like I've tried network marketing and it never worked. Could you come by and explain it to me? So I came by the next day, explained it to him. He joined, never did anything. Signed up another guy that joined, never did anything. Who signed up a guy, who signed up a guy that ended up leading me to 3,500 people in South Africa. And so in Colombia and South Africa, I would say the majority of my team all came from like waiters, people I met at the gym. You just got to get out of the house and meet people. Awesome. I love that. Awesome. I love that story about the sushi guy. Um, Cliff, as we wrap up, do you have any last words or advice? And then what's the best way our listeners can connect and contact you? Well, I would say my advice to everybody on this call is don't get caught up in your, in your own ambitions so much that you lose your character because it truly is you know, the person you become, not what you get. I know a lot of guys that make a lot of money and I wouldn't want to have a drink with them. And so work harder on yourself than you do anything else. Listen to the personal development. Get up early in the morning. Build relationships with people. And I, here's, here's the best advice. Keep putting people in front of the man until you become the man. Because there's only so much I can teach you on this podcast. There's only so much you can get from your next training event that you're going to go to or seminar. Really, the way you're going to learn how to do this business is by hanging out with an expert. And so just keep putting people in front of the expert until you become the expert. And you know the best way to stay in touch with me would be Facebook, Instagram, Skype. I mean, just find me, Cliff Braun with one F. I'm not hard to find and I look forward to getting to know all y'all. ML Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And today, you may hang out with Cliff Braun. So keep up the momentum and go to mlnation.net and type in Cliff. That's C-L-I-F, C-L-I-F at the search bar and the show notes and all the nuggets of wisdom, the great stuff that Cliff shared will pop right up. In order to be successful in network marketing, you must help others. So, Cliff, thanks again for sharing your valuable time and wisdom with ML Nation. We're grateful to you, and we appreciate you for having a positive impact on millions of distributors worldwide. Thank you so much again, Cliff, and God bless you. Thank you. Hey, ML Nation, you all know about self-development is very important, right? Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to this show. So I want to talk about a great resource for you that's kind of like the a sister or brother version of ML Nation is like the print version that features all these top leaders sharing. It is Networking Times. Okay, Networking Times is a bi-monthly educational journal that helps distributors like you. You learn everything in each issue. You get entrepreneurship, financial literacy, how to prospect, how to do marketing, picking the brains of top earners, and so much more. And you know, Networking Times played a huge part of my success. I remember back in old um, back when I first started, like 0405, I got my first issue, was reading it over and over again. And actually, you heard back from episode 165, where I share my story about how I you know, encountered it and discovered it and got my first issue. And we, I interviewed Chris and Josephine Gross there uh, in episode 165. 
tons of really good episodes. Go check that out. But uh, definitely look into networking times. I think that you actually get all these free bonuses too, like gifts mailed to your house as part of a subscription. So you actually don't just get the magazine, but you actually get these books that will help you out as well. So networking times, something I highly recommend. Go check it out at mlnation.net forward slash times. mlnation.net forward slash times. ML Nation, this is a quick recap and review. Wow, I am blown away from just amazing conversation I had with Cliff Braun. It was before the conversation, before I, I, we probably have to bring him back for another episode. Just so much wisdom and the stuff. I mean, even on the show, he shared a little bit. Uh, otherwise, the show could have been like a five hour podcast here. Uh, but just what it takes to be successful. I think I, I just want to emphasize is like, if you want to become successful, like Jim Rohn, going back to the quote, don't make the million for the million, but make the million for the person you become. Just be that person and everything will come to you. You know, like you can't fake it. You got to faith and be that person, right? It's always, and, and having that confidence. And if you have that confidence, like, you know, the, where does the confidence come from? Self-development and the people you're with, right? Makes you the person. Why do some people have a lot of success immediately while some people don't have success, right? It's the same company, same products, because it's all about your self-confidence and the person who you are. Who do you see yourself as? It's it's the, you know, I actually teach this uh, in my trainings, my workshop, it's the person you see yourself as, right? Do you see yourself as being successful? Why do some people see themselves as successful while some people are bogged down in the past? Because it's about your visual image, your personal image. And, you know, Cliff talked about it so good. He's talking about some. A lot of people say, "Oh, I have four people downlines. I'm not making much. I joined too late." Well, if you have four people in your team, you are four people ahead of the person who didn't get started. You're four people ahead of the prospect who hasn't gotten started yet, right? What well, most people become negative because it's the people they're around with, the media, the schools, and he. What well, I love the way he said it. Average. Most people of most people are average people with average habits. That is so true. Most they're not bad people. It's just average people with average habits. And he talks about three types of people. There's the toxic ones that you got to get rid of, right? Maybe the drug users, the criminals, get rid of them. The other people are maybe neutral. They uh, don't cause any harm, but they're not the ones going to take you to the promised land. You could only, you can't spend too much time with them. What Cliff did, he always had coaches. He made sure he spent time with the, the people that he said to bring the best out of them. Right, spend more time with them. Go to events, connect with them, provide value. In the previous episodes, we talked about finding mentors, how to find mentors, how to provide value. And you know, uh, in the episode with Daniel Dimitrov, he talked about how he went out to L.A. and begged this person to spend time with him. Right, and there's a lot of other episodes too. I just been blown away by this Cliff Braun interview. Daniel's episode is the only one I can think of. Um, and, and I'm gonna go over so many. If I go over so many notes, it's gonna be a 30 minute. Uh, Recap here, but I want to go as quickly as possible. You know, the rich is getting richer, right? It's a lot of people are bothered by that, right? Don't worry about that. You're not going to change capitalism. That's the part of capitalism. Rich get richer, um, the poor are getting poorer. But the only thing you can do is choose to be rich. Choose what the wealthy do, right? The blowing of the wind. Don't worry about the blowing of the wind. You can't change that, but you can change the set of the sail. That's classic Jim Rohn. Really good. So. You know, don't be bothered by these negative things. You know, I'll share something personal. I used to read the news, just again, before network marketing, read the news and worry about, oh, the economy is bad. And even when I got started in network marketing my first couple of years, I will still read a lot of, like, U.S. news about the economy is bad, people losing jobs. And I realized, it, it, just the only thing that got me to do was 
got me sad, depressed, or like, oh my goodness, I'm running, or, or the, the scarcity mentality, oh, I'm ro- losing time, I gotta make this happen, right? The fact is, there's tons of time for us, abundance, there's abundance of opportunities, tons of out there, the bad economy doesn't make you uh, doesn't make the opportunity harder. Tons, actually, in fact, if you want to talk about the worst financial uh, recession, depression ever happened was in like you could say 07, 08, that fi- 09 financial crisis. By the way, that was also the same time the iPhone and iPad launched and the iPhone beat everyone out and iPad was the number one. I think they sold more iPads in one year than any other product combined in the history Okay, of all launches. Uh, more than Coca-Cola ever sold in the first year. That's how incredible it was. So if people say, oh, it's a bad economy, it's hard, that's total BS. If you, if you have a scarcity mentality, yeah, you're not going to see things. But if you open your eyes up, tons of opportunities out there. It's you are the one who control it. You know, Cliff really shared, I mean, talk about like when you're in their business for a long time. Um, the worst moments, he couldn't even think of a worst moment. All these bad moments. First company goes out of business. His girlfriend cheated with the top producer. Um, you know, he, then he starts his own company, find the government. You know, all these going on. But he realized it's his choice, right? And that, that, by the way, is leadership. That is wisdom. When you take responsibility and not say, oh, it's the government's fault, my upline's fault, my company's fault, but it's your choice. Because ultimately, you decided to do that. You decided to work with You know, he lost the entire life, right? Because he didn't have the close relationship with that team. Because at the end of the day, it's all about relationships, Right? So, really good. And by the way, I just want to emphasize, he brought up a great point. If you ever felt, oh, network marketing is super secure, and how can all this shady stuff going on? But, you know, anytime you can make a lot of money fast, there will be sharks out there who do this type of stuff. There's sharks out there doing it in your corporation right now. But at least here, you get to do something for yourself. And more importantly, you become that person. The person you become. Uh, you know, if it wasn't for network marketing, Cliff probably wouldn't be the person he'd become. Definitely. He exposed to Jim Rohn and opened a total new thing. Um, and again, I'm, I'm just going to end with one other thing. He talked about keep putting people in front of that man which or woman, which is you, and you become that person. Keep be You got to be before you become. Keep bringing, be the person, work on yourself, stay away from the negative influences, the media, hang on with positive people that bring the best out of you. And you magically bring better people. I just shared uh, on a coaching call this morning, actually, with my Australians. Uh, out at four, it was at four a.m. in the morning. I was sharing how, like, most of the top leaders in my business, like, give me a six-figure passive income. Aside from one person, all of them came in later, like after year three. A lot of them came in by actually. A lot of them came in year three. My top, top, top earners. And almost all my full-time uh, people who were able to achieve a full-time status, they all came in like after year five. Because, and again, why it took so long may not take you so long because I was just not that person that would track these million-dollar earners. But as long as you keep building and working on yourself, you'll get there. So the lesson is stay focused, be that person, be that person, and you make, embrace the journey. You're making the money for the person you become, not for the money. And definitely check out Jim Rohn and definitely reach out to Cliff. Um, you know, like I, can, like I said, awesome, awesome leader. Uh, go to mlnation.net, type in Cliff, C-L-I-F, in the search bar uh, with one F, Cliff with one F, C-L-I-F. It'll pop up. Connect with him. He's a man of wisdom, tremendous experience. And um, also, if you like this, please do me a favor. Leave a subscribe, rate, a review on iTunes. They mean a lot to myself and the team. We're in season two already. And I hope you like this episode. It's a little bit different, right? I'm a little, um, and Cliff actually said that 
you're a really good interviewer. I said, hey, Cliff, it's just like prospecting. I better darn be good. It's been over like 168 episodes. You're 169. I better be good at this. And it's all about consistency. So thank you, uh, everyone, for feeding, giving you the reviews. If you haven't done so, please leave a review on iTunes. Thank you for sharing this. And thank you for being an awesome part of this profession. Please connect with Cliff. And remember, we're in the profession to help others. So go out there and have a positive impact on someone's life today. God bless you all. Thank you so much for joining us today on MLM Nation. Head over to MLMNation.net for full recaps of every show, our training articles, and helpful resources. Your MLM success is waiting for you. So prepare to take off.